think it's live. Hello, everybody. Hey, yeah, it's been one of those days. I know it's been one thing after another for me. How about everybody else? Uh, let's go around, do a quick round robin, and uh, how crazy has your day been? Uh, can you get you got ears now? No, I don't think Ken can hear, so I, I'll uh, take my time. Looks like he's having issues too, but uh, yeah, right, my, day's been, <laughs> my day's been kind of crazy. Um, yeah, all sorts of tech issues uh, all day with uh, the day job and then after work. I, I pumped my internet all up this morning, and uh, yeah, as soon as uh, I got home this afternoon, it was all like slowed down. I'm like, oh shit, really? So I pump it all up, and then it sucks. So yeah, just the way technology goes, I guess. Yeah, for me, it's not, I mean, not been too bad of a day, just long day at work, fixing problems there. So, just how it goes. So, awesome, awesome. Can you with us? Can you hear us now? Are you still out there? I can hear you now, finally. <laughs> I don't know what was going awesome. on. Awesome. How's your day been? Been anything crazy with you today? Seems like it's been one of those days. <laughs> I got days rained on while I was putting up a carport. So yeah, I got to work in the rain, and uh, it it knocked me off for a couple of hours. I, I couldn't start till noon, so I had a pretty slow morning at the house, getting some bookwork done and odds and ends around the house, trying to stay dry, and then ended up going to work. Thought the rain had passed, and lo and behold, it had not passed yet. <laughs> Yeah, I know the other day we had that. It seemed like every time it stopped raining, and I was like, good, I can go out there and get some stuff done. It, it would just, I mean, we had the, the scattered showers like you wouldn't believe. But we got new trees in the ground, and that was a good thing. So, all right, well, we got that round hopping out today. Uh, today, our topic is going to be protecting your garden and protecting your chickens. And on this subject, I kind of, we could have just went with livestock in general, but I thought that was going to be too broad and every livestock is a little bit different so seeing that I, uh, i'm pretty sure most homesteaders or people wanting to get into it are going with the chicken route off the bat they say it's you know the gateway drug in homesteading so i thought that'd be a good way to kind of you know step into it and with all the new people getting on board and even some of the veterans maybe we can give them some tips that we've used before in the past or seen that work and yeah thought it would just be a fun topic to talk about you know, what have you tried? What have you done? That kind of thing. So, uh, all right, let's get right into it. Uh, I guess we'll just kind of hit both topics on the garden and the chickens as we go with each question. So I have to keep reiterating, you know, garden and chicken. Uh, but the first one, because there are different types of, uh, I guess, different levels. I'm sure we've all found. We've all become a, a warden of sorts in the, this area. And uh, we're going to start off with what kind of fencing do you use for your garden? What kind of fencing do you use? Or if you even use fencing for your garden and your chickens. Uh, and to go on from just the fencing, physical barriers in general that you might use. So, uh, Brian, you want to start us off on this? Oh, fencing for the garden. Ah, I always wanted it. Um, we did half-ass stuff like... Uh, taking some 36 inch chicken wire and some step in posts and shit like that. And just kind of running around. Um, I went and picked up a bunch of stuff from a guy one time up in, in Brainerd 
that um man that just sounded like fargo uh up in brainerd but uh yeah he had he had like a uh 50 by 100 garden that had 10 foot wood posts on each corner and then uh in the middle and it had uh black uh netting over the whole thing because yeah we have deer and bears and uh and all sorts of aerial aerial predators and stuff so he was doing that for his garden and then he had it also over his whole chicken area and i was like that's what i want but that guy also lived in like a four million dollar house and um yeah so <laughs> that never happened but yeah just cobbled together whatever uh my trees or my apple trees are the biggest thing i protected and i just used a double barrier of uh i think that was 48 inch chicken wire um so uh a perimeter and then just inside the perimeter another one so if they tried to jump it they landed on it and then they freaked out and they ran away and they didn't come back or they just didn't try to get over it Awesome. Awesome. And yeah, like you said, uh, that is one thing we've talked before in the past about the expense of, uh, you know, raising these animals and gardens and stuff. And when it comes to building fence or those kind of, you know, physical barriers, that that's, that's one of your big expenses, especially right off the bat. Uh, yeah, buddy, what, for sure. <laughs> oh yeah. Buddy, what, uh, what do you got on there? What, what kind of physical barriers have you used for your garden and for your chickens? Yeah, so uh, it's funny. I just did a podcast on putting a fence around a garden two, three weeks ago. So very timely. Uh, so yeah, for my chickens, I move them around the property just in road style with an electric netting um, and solar energizer. And so there's that. But our chickens like to, some of our chickens like to jump out of it, clip their wings. They still jump out of it. They're like, oh, screw you. I'm not going to listen to you. I'm just going to do what I want. And, uh, so they, they like to go all over the yard and, uh, my fresh mulch on my trees, they like to just scratch that everywhere. And, uh, and then, <clears throat> you know, it's fun to let them get in your garden in the fall and just tear it up and, and put droppings in it and all that stuff. But at the beginning of the spring, that's not so much fun. And so we're like, all right, we need, we're fine for the most part with the electric netting and predators at night, like in the coop, but um, that's fine. But now we need to keep them out of the gardens. And so we just recently went with um, the uh, like five foot uh, welded wire uh, fencing, you get rolls of a hundred, hundred feet of it. And uh, we just literally Saturday, I finished putting that up around uh, our, our, our main garden area. And so far, it's working well. I, I have no doubt that a couple of them could jump over it if they really wanted to. Uh, but I think it's been one of those, like, it's just enough of a hindrance that they don't care anymore. Uh, and so we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, we got them around both garden areas. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's working pretty. And it was cheap compared to what we were originally going to go with. I was originally thinking uh, cattle panels because uh, they were super stiff. And uh, uh, I could get some really cheap um cheaper than normal um but even the welded wire rolls were cheaper than that and so uh we decided to go to go that route and get some good solid t-posts so that's so we're doing it's working so far we've had it up for three days <laughs> yeah, it sounds good I, I gotta get something around mine i got got some bunnies or something but yeah it's kind of funny because we're talking about you know protecting your chickens and protecting your garden and we're talking also talking about protecting your chick your garden from your chickens so <laughs> that's a good one. Ken, how about you? Uh, 
How, how do you think on this topic here? <laughs> yeah, when when the topic came up, protecting your garden and your chickens, my first thought was, no, he's protecting from the chickens. That's the biggest predator. <laughs> That's the problem we have. Anytime something new and green starts coming up or you put a little bit of mulch or cardboard down or anything out there, the chickens come through and just wreck it in a minute. But, um, buddy, I, I was wondering, with your chickens, you said you tractor them around. Was that for meat birds or do you do that for all your chickens? For all of them. I do a Seskovich style uh, tractor for our meat birds. Um, so I just move them and I don't even worry about a fence. But for the uh, laying hens, I use Justin Rhodes' chick shaw and electric netting. I'm like, he solved it. So I'm just going to do that. And so, <laughs> there you go. Uh, so that's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. We have done some tractoring, but typically that's just with our meat birds. Our, our egg layers are free range. And that can be an issue come springtime and you're trying to hide all your new little plants from the chickens and and you got to create new garden plots every spring because they always find it and then they know to go keep going back there as you're growing stuff throughout the year uh something some kind of fence that we've tried in the past it's uh like a kind of a vinyl it's it's a chicken wire but it's more of a vinyl or a i don't even know what you call the call the stuff a synthetic material and it comes in like 150 foot rolls. We had gotten some that was about six foot tall and ran it around the garden, which worked pretty well until a couple of them found, a, I don't know if some animal had ripped a hole in it and then the chickens would find it and they'd, they'd go through there. And you got to have some kind of a gate. We had made our gates out of pallets. And the, uh, the key to an effective chicken fence is to not have anything for them to land on. Well, a pallet gate is something for them to land on. So once they discovered that they could fly up and land on the pallet down into the garden, they'd go and, and tear it up again. Um, as far as for bigger predators, what we've done in the past, I've heard that deer can't really see fishing line. And we had a pretty big garden in Georgia. And so what I had heard some people tried is they'd run fishing line around it and you set it about four feet off the ground. And supposedly the deer will walk into that, freak out because they can't see it, not know what's going on, and turn and take off. We didn't really have any deer issues. Our garden didn't do that well either. So <laughs> that could have been a, the, the biggest thing why the deer didn't come bother us. What I thought about trying, something that I've heard is really effective, is if you, uh, and it's kind of gross, but human urine, if you take a rag and you pee on it and tie those in different spots around the garden, Deer will not come close to it, supposedly. I haven't tried that yet, but if we have a deer issue, I may just be trying that this year. Yeah, that's bullshit because I piss off my deer stand and deer walk, deer walk right over the top. Of it, so. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't believe that shit. Yeah, uh, well, he kind of started touching on some of the, one of the questions I got coming up here in a minute, some of the unconventional methods there. So uh, since he's already kind of brought them up, uh, we can kind of break to that in just a second. The other thing I want to kind of point out just to kind of wrap that the fencing part up for some people, like we were saying, you know, you got the outside predators coming in, but also, uh, like Brian was saying with the netting over top for your area predators, predators, both getting in and also it helps contain the chickens in there. But, uh, I know when I use it, cause I do use uh mesh netting over top of my run and it's for, we got a lot of hawks believe it or not, in our area. And, I mean, 
they just they're just waiting for their chance. But uh, even with it with the gaps in there, from what I understand, they're less likely to fly through because they know it, the chances of them getting out are less. So we do use some of that. And uh, where Ken was saying with the fishing wire, I've heard some similar stuff with uh, not fishing wire, but more uh, bright colored wire so the birds can see it in like a grid over top of your system. I don't know if anybody's ever tried stuff like that. Or, I tried uh, some oh. crazy stuff for, okay. for aerial predators, but uh, on the chickens, I didn't mention the chickens. We we went all out on chicken protection because that was kind of, we didn't put a ton of money into the garden because once we realized we were just doing perennials and stuff like that mostly, and then we would overplant. Um, that was one of our strategies. So if we wanted like five tomato plants, we'd plant 40 tomato plants. So if a bunch got eaten, we didn't care. Um, cause we sold the, sold the surplus. So all it was doing was cutting like a couple bucks off of what we were selling. Um, but, uh, we did use, uh, forgot to mention we used, uh, netting over our strawberries and stuff like that, just on a bed with, cause we had raised beds and we took uh half inch PVC made arches and then just threw the, the berry netting over the top to keep the birds out of them when they were getting ripe. Um, yeah, that was kind of it. Garden chickens, man. We uh, coops. We got a huge, nice big coop. Um, front run was already done when we got here. He buried. Uh, we got digging predators here, so he buried the guy that built it. Buried uh, sheet metal around the outside in the bottom, and then it was. I redid it with uh, hardwire cloth and chicken wire because raccoons will get right through the chicken wire. No problem here. Fox, anything, go right through it. But it keeps the the smaller things from getting through the hardwire. And then I ended up putting a roof on it because he told me he kept pheasants in there and there were hawks that would just come and sit on the edge of the coop because he didn't have a roof on it. And they would wait for the pheasants to come out. They'd one come out and they'd just take it and gone. And they just sit there and pick them off all day. There was like five hawks that learned how to do that. So... I put a roof on it with sheet metal and then clear poly for, uh, so it was like, uh, aluminum. I think I went aluminum and then clear poly in the middle, aluminum on the outside. So they still had sun to come through, but they were protected and had, uh, a dry spot to go. And then I put one out back and I didn't bury the sheet metal, but I ran my, uh, hardwire cloth 36, 36 inches down. Uh, when I dig my, dug my posts, I did 48 inch holes and dug a 30, 36 inch trough in between them and laid the hard wire down in and then put chicken wire on top of it. So yeah, uh, then I put the hard wire on top. So yeah, it was, it was a project. I did that all by myself with like, uh, yeah, these huge poles. It was, it was after I got laid off from work and I was all pissed off and shit. So I had uh, plenty of energy and, uh, and fun times to do. But uh, yeah, so that's how we kind of protected our chickens. Our meat birds out in the field, we used electric netting and uh, Siskovich style tractors. So that was pretty much it on the meat birds. If I had to dig trenches for my chickens, we wouldn't have chickens. <laughs> yeah, but it's down there now still. It's, I mean, that thing's going to be there forever. I use like yeah. 10 inch posts and yeah, it was, yeah. It's, it's solid. Yeah, that's, that's definitely uh, one of the things I wanted to touch on. And I figured I was, trying to jock people's memory i'm sure we've done tons of different things like that because uh ground or under digging under the fences is a big issue in a lot of places i know that's one of the things we've had to do in the past was uh like you said we we didn't go quite as deep or crazy as you i mean 
yeah, as much, not crazy. I'm not trying to insult you, but yeah, no, we went down his foot. Yeah, we went down <laughs> his foot, and then I just put the rest of it. It is yo. crazy, but when you got the whole auger, the pickaxe, uh, and you're only putting them three feet apart, and you're just picking between it. Yeah, and you, you got off. easy soil here too. So, and, and you got to work off some anger. Yeah, and yeah, that's one thing I've always been told. As you, the longer you keep chickens, the more uh, of an alcatraz you build. You know, they got they basically they got their yard where they're in. And then you got, you know, the fortification of the coop and every time well, you find it, dig too. To like they, they dust bath and they like to do it on the edge. Uh, so they have something to lean and push against. And so we have these huge potholes around the outside. So if we hadn't dug down, they would end up just dust bathing themselves back out, out the outside. Unless I was in there just refilling them and shit. So it's just prevention. 100%, you know, and especially on chickens, like we said before, you get that six months before they ever lay a, lay an egg. You lose one of those right off the bat. You have not got your return. Uh, on ours, we got a, our run, we got a couple of spots where it's the low spots. So every time I find one, you know, a good-sized rock in the yard, we start piling rocks around the outside. I also got, like, zero-gauge wire that's like a one-square met. It's what we used in the military to section off a room for our cages to put all of our equipment in. They were redoing one and the someone, you know, they were throwing it all away and they're like, Hey, you want this stuff? I was like, Yes. <laughs> you know, because that, that's some real heavy dude. It's way overkill, but it was free. So definitely went with that. All right. Well, we got our uh, I think we touched on physical barriers pretty good for uh both. Uh one of the other ones, distractions, or uh, you know, you said that hawk was up there sitting on the sitting on the ledge. So I'm sure a lot of us have seen that the owl or do you have lights or anything like that? Have you used anything in the past that you thought worked pretty good? Because uh, the deterrence, you know, like this, it's hard to see the direct effect. So I'm just curious, what, what's everybody's tried? And uh, what do you think has actually made a difference or work? Uh, Ken, you want to take that from the get-go? And then we'll go around? Yeah, sure. So I <laughs> mostly we try to plan enough to where if we lose things, it, it, it ain't too big of a deal. Um, as far as deterrence, we haven't done anything for chickens. They, we've got plenty of trees around and we try to keep lots of place where they can get away from hawks. And to my knowledge, I don't know that we've lost any to hawks. We've lost plenty to coons and possums and things like that, but they go bye-bye pretty quick after that. <laughs> um, with the garden, the, the best thing that we've done for, uh, like keeping our corn from getting eaten by coons last year, we decided to try planting beans and pumpkins in with our corn. So basically you can't even walk through there without tripping over bean vines and pumpkins everywhere and all that. But we had no pressure from the coons on our, on our corn patch. Like there was absolutely none. And in years past, they wipe us out, you, you know, just before you go out to pick it, like this is going to be ready tomorrow. You come out the next day and it is wiped out this year or this past summer. We had nothing, none of that. It was, you know, we had a great corn year for us. So that's the only thing we've really tried that's worked as far as garden pest pressure. Chickens, they just run, things eat them. We try to keep them, keep the flock replenished. <laughs> Yeah, for for me, like really, like I guess base because of where I live, like like literally, 
you know, because of neighbors and surrounding forest area, like there's not a lot of predator pressure um, in a sense because <clears throat> like they have to come looking <laughs> kind of sort. And it's not like they can't happen upon uh, upon my property uh, for the most part. Um, that said, the biggest deterrent is using the electric netting um, and not the fact that it's electric, but it's the fact that they can't get traction to get up and over it. Uh, I've seen several cats that just try to figure out what they're going to do because uh, they'll start like trying to grab onto it and it bends and they're just like, what's going on here? And then I shoot them with a BB gun and they run away. But uh, like for, for the most part, um, yeah, I think that's and, and one thing that verified that is I was dumb uh, early on in, in raising chickens. And I'm like, oh, I'll just open up the area and I'll back up this thing to our fence fence. And within uh, a week, we lost most of our chickens to predators. Not, not even sure what it is because all the normal signs of like what it would be were not there. And they were just gone uh, with some feathers uh, here and there. Uh, and so, uh, we learned real fast that like the electric netting just needs to be all the way around. And I think for us so far, just the fact that it's bendy, um, has, has protected us well. And then it's on the other side with Ken, like if they disappear, then, uh, you just, you get some more incubate some more. Cause we have some that they don't like to fly back in at night. And I, I, I literally, they'll go walking by and I'm like, one of these days, something's going to get you and I'm not going to cry about it. <laughs> And so, uh, yeah, so that's pretty much it. Like, I, I also don't do like a lot of unconventional things because I'm not, I don't know enough to, to know what to try. I'm still trying to learn stuff. And so, uh, that's, so that's just me. Oh, unconventional. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I got a couple things. Uh, we use one thing called night guard, um, they, the guy that invented it lives like uh, 30 miles south of us. It's just a little red flashing light. Um, we didn't, I don't think we set it right uh, for where it was and everything, but it's supposed to mimic a predator's eyes um, and it flashes at an interval and it's supposed to keep uh, deer and bear and everything away. I don't know. I threw them up. They weren't super expensive, so I wasn't, I, I just threw them. I don't know if they worked or not. I don't think they did, but I think I had them set at a wrong height or wrong angle or something. Uh, so we use those. Um, so we had a bear problem. Uh, and so unconventionally, I took a five mile charger and put it on about 35 feet of wire um, in front of my chicken coop. And uh, yeah, I didn't have a bear problem after that. Uh, <laughs> I think he got caught in it actually the way it was tore up a little bit, but um yeah, I think he got zapped pretty good. Uh, CDs uh, for our aerial predators. We had owl problem. So we had a chicken coop. Um, it was, I like to call it a three-sided building, but it was actually a four-sided building. It just had a barn door opening with no barn door. Um, so you'd walk in and it's probably, I don't know, eight, 10 feet tall. And I walked in one day and a huge owl came swooping out of there. Like he was trying to get into the coop, but it was all sealed up from the inside too. And so he was hanging around for quite a while. And every day he'd come down and I'd be like throwing things into the coop, trying to scare him out. And uh, anyway, we hung CDs and that kept him away. The flashing of the, in the sun would uh, scare the, the owls away. So 
that worked really well. That was probably the best unconventional thing. Um, we also ran the bears off with pots and pans. Uh, yeah, I ran them off with a 40. Uh, Corey ran them off with pots and pans. So, well, that works. Uh, that, uh, I can't What's remember. What you CD? Yeah. I was going to ask if I saw that yet. I mean, that's a good point for some of these people, I guess, you know, a compact so, disc. They used to put music on them. Yeah. <laughs> Did you put MP3s on them? <laughs> that's how you kept the owls away. The oh, music. Yeah. Well, that's what I did with them all. I had stacks of them from yeah. the 90s. And I'm like, what am I going to do with them all? And I, I was like, well, I shot, I shot some out in the field, you know. Charger I, finally, I finally threw away a few hundred CDRs that were not written to. I mean, I'm like... I don't even have a CD-ROM drive anymore. Like, what am I going to do with these? And so, just you could have hung them up in your trees and kept owls away. Yeah, yeah. yeah that. But the little uh, blinky eye, uh, red blinky eye. I actually ordered some of those off of Amazon. And same thing. I don't know if they worked, but they were cheap and they were solar powered. And I put them around. You know that you're supposed to put them like a foot or two off the ground. And on our little uh, with our meat birds, you know, we put one on each corner. Okay. And uh. For the price and those things, I tell you what, the solar panel was completely fogged out, and you it, and it still blinked at night. You know, I guess it's such a low draw that you know any little bit of power to it, and it's you know we've done a lot of those little things that they may or may not have helped, but if they're cheap and like the CD thing, why not? You know, where where's the downside? As you know, you're something you're going to throw away or you know ask somebody else, and I'm sure they got a basement full of you know AOL CDs. They use it for. Uh, uh woodpeckers on the the log cabins and shit around here you like hang them in the windows and they sparkle and the, the it screws up it screws up something with their flight so they don't want to go anywhere near it and so they won't land on the house and hit the house nice and then uh we also did the um, i'm sure you've seen them before they got the little solar panel on their led lights with the motion sensor yeah i think those actually do make that well they're twofold and uh, somebody asked earlier about the chicks. Yeah, I do have some new chicks. I'm sorry about that. They're in the other partition. I didn't think they'd be that loud, but they hear me and they want me. My great dad was looking for them, like diving <laughs> under the table. And I'm like, oh, we're going to have doing? dogs going nuts, aren't we, after the, on this one? <laughs> Listen with your headphones, people. But the, but the lights, like I said, they're, they're a two-fold. Because I, if I heard something at the coop and I would go out there and I, you could just look. And if the light's on, you know, they're facing the outside of the, the run area. If they're, if they're on, you know something's running around your coop. Also, when I would go out there, if I would go out to the coop myself, okay, the light comes on and I can use that light to get around. So uh, definitely some function stacking with those little solar lights. And you can find them for, I mean, I've got them as cheap as like, a, I think, a five or eight pack for 20 bucks or something off Amazon if you catch them on sale. And you, yeah, know, you might get one or two dead ones and it's still worth it. But uh, but yeah, definitely those. And what I do, I just put two little pieces of wire through the little, uh, there's two little holes at the top, put a piece of wire through and you can hang it on your gate and like i said with our with our little uh chicken tractor when we were pulling our um, meat birds around it was real handy just to have that and then like i said if anything's running around you can kind of catch them pretty pretty quickly with that all right well uh i guess let's move on one of the other things that we got to protect our uh garden and our flock from are not you know not predators but pest so you got your like um was it aphids you got any of the little insects and uh the reason why i kind of threw this in here is because that does apply to both the chickens and the garden you know they both get their little pests and stuff and little creepy crawlies on them 
that will mess with them. Uh, have you tried anything? You know, we're, I'm talking about like, I know DE I've used the dust bath, like you were talking about, uh, what kind of stuff have you tried? And I'm just kind of curious, has anybody ever tried the slug electric fence? I don't know if you've seen that where you, yeah, you make a little electric fence for the slugs to crawl across and zaps them. Just wonder if anybody's used anything uh, like that. Uh, Ken, you tried anything crazy or anything that, or anything in general to keep the pest out? I've never heard of the slug electric fence. I might have to look into that. Uh, the only, though, the only thing that we've done for flying pests is about four years ago, I ordered a ton of trica, trica grandma wasp larva things. They come on little strips of tape and you put them on trees around your property. And what they are is a predator wasp. I mean, they're just tiny little things. You can barely see them, but they go for like aphids and all kinds of little things like that. I don't know if you've ever seen any uh, worms, maybe like a tomato worm in your garden. They've got all these little white things sticking off of them. That's the egg larva or the larva from these little wasps. And what they do is they'll, they'll hatch inside the worms or whatever they are and eat them from the inside out. So it's, it's a uh, kind of an evil victory there. <laughs> it, it's kind of fun to see that. You're like, yeah, you're going to die soon. Uh, that was That's one thing we've tried. The other thing we've done, too, that's worked pretty well is not whack all the weeds back. You know, we've, our, our garden looks pretty messy because of all the weed patches and everything. But, I mean, it's it's trap plants. So, you know, all the a lot of the pests, they go for those things and leave our stuff alone. And so we just have a lot of variety, um, plant a lot of plants that draw in the predator pests. You know, we think of everything as a pest. You know, if you go by today's modern gardening standards, everything is a pest. All things have to die. But if you have a lot of variety and, you know, you don't have to have your garden so perfectly clean, those plants also trap some of the bad pests that will eat your tomatoes and things like that. Awesome. Yeah. That's kind of like Brian said with his sacrificial, uh, tomatoes up there, you just plant enough then you can still get your share. Buddy, what do you use for those little, uh, creepy crawlers that get in? Uh, sacrificial plants for the most part. I mean, we, we suck at gardening, so most everything is sacrificial and we, we, uh, we just, Harvest what we get. We're actually really good at lettuce and carrots for some reason, which makes no sense to us. But uh, for the most part, everything else, um, we did <laughs> we did grow cantaloupe one year, and a uh, an annoying turtle found them and took a bite out of all of them, and <laughs> that's it. Like one bite out of all of them, and that just led to the ruin of the cantaloupe. It's like, come on, just eat the whole one and leave the rest for us. Uh, it's like, oh, and then, but yeah, for the most part, like we just harvest what we get and we're grateful for it and uh, go about it. One thing that I have wanted to try is, uh, that I would like to try is a, uh, a hoop house with uh, netting on it to not only keep out bugs and pests, but, uh, uh, weed seeds from getting in as well uh so so there's less uh weeding as well in, in the middle of summer so that's that's something i'd like to try but yeah just just sacrifice it all and and eat the eat the best 
Yeah, I uh, as far as creepy crawlies in with the birds, um, yeah, dust, dust bath. I, I kept that front run, uh, never touched rain, never had rain, never had snow, never had anything. And so it was bone dry and they tear it up and they love it and they have dip, big deep pits of uh of dust that they've they've broke up and i never had a problem I've, I've never had mites i've never had bugs i've never had problems uh yeah they do really well with that so that's kind of working naturally um and as far as ken was talking about the the weedy garden like that's my excuse now so like i let my garden go to shit so that none of the pests came that's 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 it um no i didn't kill anything i don't i don't kill anything uh my neighbors like to spray for everything under the sun um yeah no i don't do that shit i uh everything in nature is in balance if the government would keep fucking with things and releasing these uh asian beetles and stingless wasps and all this other shit to take care of stuff we'd be all right but now we have this huge uh fake ladybug problem and stingless wasp problem which was supposed to take care of the ladybug problem but neither one and they're just multiplying and yeah they 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 plow a, so a soybean field under over here and you can like see the the swarms of those uh little uh ladybug looking things so yeah if they would just leave shit alone we'd be all right but yeah i just kind of go with nature and do it and extra plants tons of extra plants uh, actually, you know, you mentioned the mites on the, uh, on the chickens and I had, I dealt with that one year when it was just ridiculously rainy. And, uh, I mean, literally every day I was trudging through water, which is a, a, for a month, which is very unusual for Oklahoma. Uh, but they got, they got mites, uh, or some bug anyway, uh, got some diatomaceous earth and would just pat it in the middle of all of their backs. And within a few days, um, it cleared them up and I've actually tried that in a, in a couple of spots as an experiment in the garden and uh, it seemed seems to marginally work uh, just to uh, get a few things it did not work on squash bugs so if anyone solves the problem with squash bugs let me know uh, that's the, that was the main thing I was hoping for was the squash bugs uh, but like some of the others it, it got rid of but not the squash bugs because they're they're worse than cockroaches and surviving so Yeah, I was going to say the, the same thing uh, the, with the diamondsomaceous earth. Uh, I ordered some before it was cool. So I was able to get like a 50-pound bag for like 20 bucks. And I've been using I still got some. I mean, I've been using it for years because, you know, just a little sprinkle is all you need. But, uh, yeah, I use uh, I check the chickens. And if I ever see any kind of, the like you said, the mites in there, I do put some in. Uh, you know, I know people that do it with the dust bath. And I've heard people now recently that don't do it with their dust bath because, you know, inhaling can be bad. I've actually used it on uh my dog which is another thing people you know and i'm not going to just like cover the dog in the with the poof but it, it's helped with ticks and um the fleas like she almost never got fleas and i'm talking about like once or twice a year that's it i put put some on my hand and just kind of rub her down uh chickens the same thing like you said sprinkle some in there and some of the like the the box the layer boxes and stuff and it seems like it just kind of it just knocks those little mites right out for the garden yeah, yeah, not a lot of benefit because you know as soon as it gets wet, it's it's no good no more. So if you're gonna have a lot of dry days, maybe. But 
the big thing with the garden is just mechanical removing on some of the pests, like the little uh, tomato worms or whatever they're called and stuff. You know, I'll pick those out and throw them, throw them out to the chickens and then just turn them into an egg. Uh, we had a comment here I wanted to click on because this is this is a good way to solve a lot of your problems right here. Uh, small or a hydroponic system inside. You know, you're not dealing, you know, you're removing that and you're isolating it from all your uh, bad guys, I guess. So that, that is always something to keep in mind. Yep. I'm actually working on my hydroponics build this week. I got everything pulled into my, my shop and I will land it out on the floor and trying to figure out what I forgot to buy and so I can go buy it. And uh, I'm going to, my goal is Thursday and Friday to start putting it all together. So awesome. Can't wait to see some pictures of that or something. See how it got designed out. Uh, yeah, somebody else here, the, the horn worm. I'm guessing I call them tomato worms. I think they're all the same. The big old green worms with the weird things on them. And Ken, is that what you were talking about with the little white spots on their back? Is yes. The, little, the fly. Yeah, those I the fly that one. <laughs> they they're great. I mean, those I love seeing them big old hornworms. I'm like, you get a massive one, and they've got all them little larvae sitting just peppered down his back. That's a good day. <laughs> yeah, I killed that one. I shouldn't have done it. I didn't know what it was. I knew it was some kind of something but uh all right now i know we, we kind of touched on this here and there on some of it but what are some of the different ways or some of the ideas you've heard maybe pretend money's not an option and you want to protect your garden and protect your flock and i say money's not an option let's not go crazy crazy but you know like has anybody ever seen anything or heard of those kind of really cool ideas that you're like ah, i've always wanted to try that but i'm not sure you know, because maybe somebody out here has or just what kind of cool ideas have you heard of for, uh, you know, protecting one of these two? Brian, I think you uh, probably got a few there. Well, yeah, the the 10 foot tall, totally enclosed netted uh, garden would be ideal. I mean, it's going to you put some sort of hard wire on the inside that's going to stop any large animals as far as like bear or something like that or um, you got the top so if deer jumps you're good aerial predators you're good but you leave your holes big enough so your pollinators and stuff can still get in and out that would be my my ideal thing uh, where I was here it wouldn't really have been feasible because I was dumbass and put my garden on a huge hill um, so I mean it was it was a good idea for a while and then it just became stupid. But uh, what we were planning on doing was uh, welded wire all the way around and then a hot wire on the top and a hot wire on the bottom uh, for the deer and then probably baiting that hot wire for uh, for the deer with tinfoil and peanut butter and just get them a nose zap and they'll just go a different way. We have so much stuff like we, we try to provide in the woods and everything too. Like we'll plant trees and, and uh, fruit trees, stuff in the woods for them and plants. Uh, we would always start way more plants because we, we sold starter plants for a long time. So we always had tons. I mean, we usually sold out, but we had some that just didn't look good, good enough or whatever that we weren't going to sell. And we always started way more for our garden than we ever needed. So we would just walk around the woods and plant tomatoes and shit all through the woods um and just walk around one day with buckets and plant them so 
you know, if there's shit out in the woods, deer aren't going to come in my garden if there's tomatoes like 30 yards out in the woods behind my house. So there's that. Um, yeah, I was always interested in that uh, uh, activated sprinkler, the motion activated sprinkler. But I'm on a well, so if I run a hose out there and it's dripping anywhere, like if it drips, my well's just going to fucking run all the time. As soon as it drops pressure, it's going to kick on and I'm going to be like all night long, listen to the fucking well run in the basement. It's just like stupid. So I didn't ever do that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Money's no object. I liked what I had. Like I, I did what I wanted to do. That's, that's why I did it. So other than the garden fence, but yeah, we kind of went away from outside gardening. We went to indoor for all our greens, like Nate said, with hydroponics. So, um, outside was just perennials. So I really wasn't that worried because the deer aren't coming around munching on my horseradish or my garlic and shit like that. They don't like it. So I don't know. It is what it is. Mine would be a motion activated BB gun. Uh, <clears throat> I think, yeah, I think that's a felony actually, if you actually do that, but, uh, anyway, uh, outside of that, uh, I actually have always wanted to, uh, do the farm bot thing, like just, and then, uh, not only have it pick your weeds, you know, harvest the plants, water, everything, but also train it to get bugs to go and pick up bugs and like push them, squeeze them and kill them and like drop them off to the side as well. So it's doing that with everything. And uh, I actually think that would be really cool. And then, but then, the, you know, then there's other options around, around the, uh, the same thing of uh, trying to like these little automated things that do weeding. Um, like there's one huge industrial scale one that I saw the other day uh, that has little like, blade thing on it that spins and then it goes has arms and it gets uh weeds but i'm like there's no reason it can't do that to bugs that are out in the middle of the area as well uh and then there's another one this little like solar powered weed thing uh that just autonomously drives through your garden um that uh if and you have to set the height and you can you only set it in there after the uh uh plants are of a certain height because anything below the sensor it'll it'll zap with uh uh with electricity and it's solar powered so it's constantly charging and just constantly drives there's no there's no uh, like routing or anything it's just kind of random and it just zaps anything that's below that point so you let your play anyway like i think that would be cool but that's like 500 bucks you know and just all kinds of stuff like I would like to do, like the all automation, fun technology stuff. But uh, I'm getting kind of weary of technology after I saw that video of the girl that took a nap on the couch and the Roomba ate her hair. And I was like, mm, I don't know. I've seen too many videos of dog shit everywhere after being run over by a Roomba. I mean, I used to sit on a rabbit hole on Friday nights watching those videos and I would just crack up. But I don't own one. You don't yeah, want to fall asleep in the garden and have your fingers melting off as you wake up to the little things zapping the tips of them. There you go. <laughs> I mean, I have been known to take a nap in different locations. Just hey, it's time to take a nap. So, but yeah, for the most part, that's that's the stuff that I would do. From from a money is not because the farm bot thing. I'm it, like I looked at it way back before they actually have commercialized stuff and we have to 
build everything yourself. And even then it was more expensive. I haven't looked at what it is now when you can pre-buy packages. I'm sure it's more expensive because, you know, they want to make a living. Ken, what's your dreams? <laughs> I was just thinking about the farm bot. You know, I mean, depending on how big your garden is, it could save you dozens of hours a year weeding. So, I mean, a $500 investment, that's nothing. My wife and I were shelling corn that we harvested last year, some popcorn. And we got maybe two gallons, two or three gallons of it. And my wife's like, check out all this popcorn we got and it's free. I'm like, yeah, all we did was put 18 hours of labor into it and it's free popcorn. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of a different way of looking at investment. <laughs> um, as far as protections, chickens and things like that, I, I think I would like to try greenhouses. Um, I've always wanted to get a greenhouse where I would keep my chickens on one end and have a garden in the other end to keep it warmer throughout the winter because chickens provide a lot of heat. So eventually when we add greenhouses to the property, that's going to be something that we do. But as far as, and we've got 20 acres here, so that'd be a lot of, of fence and different kinds of protections for everything. So a couple of greenhouses would have, would, would do me just fine. I think. And maybe one of them weed zappers. <laughs> Actually, we're planning on doing like, so I don't know if you've watched, uh, watched Justin Rhodes things on, uh, on pigs, on doing deep bedding pigs. Um, so we're merging that idea with uh, a friend of his on So the Land did uh, the deep bedding mulch pigs with a hoop house. And uh, he took 20 by 40 hoop house and cut it in half or no, he did 12 by 20, uh, 12 by 40. Anyway, doesn't really matter. Uh, cut it in half and then did like eight to 12 inches of mulch and then would add mulch to their potty area every day and, uh, did deep bedding pigs. And so we're actually thinking about, we're actually going to do that. But what we want to do is, uh, get the chickens in there over the winter. Uh, so, and then let them, screw around with the mulch in there and kind of get it go, getting stuff going and then um kind of clear out a layer of that put fresh mulch in there and then do uh do pigs and then that way they build up compost but for that winter time period they're completely protected and there's a lot less work to do plus they're making mulch uh or mul they're making compost for us and they're still actually doing their job yeah it sounds very similar to what joel salton does yeah. uh, in a stall it in a barn it's all based on, it's all, yeah, based on Joel Salatin's just taking that. Like, cause so Joel Salatin said, it would be cool if I could do X, Y, and Z. And then Justin Rhodes was like, I'll try it. And then, then, then so land was like, I saw what you did there. I'm going to improve it. And that kind of a thing. Awesome. Yeah. I think for me, it'd be a kind of an aviary setup. I think would be, you know, if I could, didn't have to worry about the money. I could just kind of build what I, you know, wouldn't even have to be massive, just a decent size. Cause uh, the chickens, what pests they could take out or, you know, even quail in there kind of running around doing their thing. It's going to beat back that pressure a little. And then I don't know, I'd like to raise wicking beds and something kind of like Jack had set up just a little bit more elaborate and bigger. So you don't have to, you know, squish yourself in there. And of course it'd have to be add the greenhouse, the shade cloth, You, but I'd want it all automated. You know, that's the biggest thing. Um, uh, you know, with all that, you know, it's, it's like you said, it's, it's a lot of time investment, 
it and a lot of money. And sometimes you can throw that money after it and get rid of some of your time, but you got to find that balance of there. And uh, some people, you know, they have that joy of like, like back in the day, I used to like coming home every night and I'd take my little flashlight out of my headlamp and I would go through and look at all of the plants and the tomato stuff. And I'd pick off all the insects and throw them in the water tank. Cause we had a bunch of wicking beds and, you know, so I'm sitting there feeding the fish, you know, it was a good way to kind of calm down a little bit for about 20, 30 minutes before I walked in the house. Uh, we got a couple of questions over here and a couple of comments. We're going to go to this comment real quick. Cause this is something we, we kind of did, I think forget to touch on uh dogs uh that is you know i made a joke earlier about having alcatraz but you know they're your you know your guards they're they patrol that perimeter and make sure things don't get in that shouldn't get in or get out that shouldn't get out sometimes and uh i think somebody said earlier about uh peeing around the, the area you know i've heard that too and you know if you're out there why not but uh you know i definitely have heard you know the dogs are the same way. If they're peeing around that fence and that coop and stuff, there's a lot of um, animals that will smell that and say, okay, there's a big dog or there's something, you know, they know what I guess the scent is maybe from what they're the eating. Dog, I don't the know. dog urine is a different story. Human urine is okay. too close to beer urine to make a difference. Yeah. So, I mean, so just having them out and about, even if they're not out there 24 seven is going to make a difference with that. Um, definitely. Even with the garden, I mean, I've, I've, my dog, she chases, you know, any bird that flies over the property. She's yipping and yapping at it. And animals don't like coming around when everything's getting yipping and yapping. You know, everything's barking off and going crazy. And I, I guess the other big one is, too, like I've come home at night and I've heard my dog barking. And I was, it was that, you know, any dog owner knows, you know, it's not right. You could tell something was going on. And I went and checked and, you know, there was two coons trying to get in the chicken coop. So, yeah, that, Definitely dogs and a, a good perimeter fence. Subsonic 22 rounds and a good yeah. shovel. <laughs> Just don't shoot them at the neighbor's house. So. Yeah, I, I saw uh, the dog comment come up and I was like, yeah, I guess I do have a little deterrent there at the moment. I mean, well, ever since we've been here. So we had we had a hundred pound German Shepherd and well, two of them. And then uh, now we have like the huge St. Bernard's. So they're they have an eight about an acre. I put a fence around an acre for them. And uh, so they just kind of have the run of the area there. But their scent and their fur is everywhere within. I mean, we have so much wind here that it's it's everywhere. So I. We're pretty good. Other than the deer, like, and we have an old, old apple tree in our front yard, like 100 years old, and it drops apples. And just like some years, it's so loaded that the branches hit the ground. Um, so just tons of apples in the yard. And the deer at dusk will just be standing in our front yard. Like, literally, it could like toss a rock out and hit them. Um, so yeah, they're not really deterred by anything when there's that much apples on the ground and they know they're there every year. Um, so, I mean, they are deterrents, but not really. I mean, the dogs bark at them and they just look at them and they're like, whatever. <laughs> it's like everything. They're deterrents until, until there's enough motivation. To... Yep. All right. Here we got a, uh, another question here. We'll kind of go around and see if anybody's got some thoughts on this. Uh, any thoughts on keeping raccoons out of a greenhouse without electricity? All right. So for the audio, Brian, would you like to tell us what you would do to keep some coons out of your greenhouse? I'd have a couple of evenings sitting out with a 22 and have a target practice. 
Um, if that didn't work, I'd have traps all over the place. I'd kill the sons of bitches if they won't leave my stuff alone. I mean, the other is get a solar energizer. Um, yeah, yeah, I was going to mention that when she said no electricity. I saw Ken put in the comments there uh, a couple of low wire hot wires. Well, yeah, that'll help. And uh, yeah, a uh, solar charger from uh, yeah your local fleet store. It'll work. Or dogs. Yeah, because even with solar, you know, if you if you look at those compared to the, the regular plug-in ones, they're not nearly as strong. But when it comes to raccoons, they, you know, well, with most animals, you know, they, they're going for that easy, that, you know, that easy find, that easy grab. You throw a couple of good jolts of a uh, shock, you know, to the nose or paws of those little guys. I'm, I'm sure they're going to be like, ah, let's, let's think twice. And if, it, uh, if it's not working, and uh, here's a, a, a quick pro tip, if it's not working because your dry your ground's dry and the your ground is dry and the ground is not working with the space the spike in the ground, uh, put some hardwire cloth around the grass, lay it flat and keep it down, pin it down, and then hook your ground wire to that. So when they walk up and they stand on that and they hit that wire, bam, done. It's a good idea. The other thing I was going to say is just like a general security thing. Um, so like security of two legged animals is like, you just make it as make it take as long as possible for them to do whatever it is they're trying to do. And they, you know, so I'm sure the same thing is you make it as uncomfortable as possible for whatever animal it is to, to do what they're trying to do. And so you might look up stuff that the raccoons just don't like and get some of that. And, you know, a possibility or i could say that with any animal yeah and i was gonna say kind of like those lights we were talking about earlier the little solar powered lights those and uh they've also got them where they're motion sensor and they make like annoying sounds or like a screech or a boom or i mean uh, that technology is out there nowadays and it's easy and same thing like you said with the two-legged animals if you're walking up somebody's house and that big you know they got a, a motion sensor light in the front yard or whatever and it just pop and you're like uh a lot of animals are the same and if it pops on and it makes some kind of nice audible alarm, you're like, shit. You know, because if if it didn't wake somebody up, it very well could have. And then, you know, like I said, uh, my other one that I've done now with uh, cameras are getting so nice. The Wi-Fi portable cameras, they even got them where they come with, you know, I think 100 bucks. And it comes with a solar panel and everything. So it fits in range of your uh, internet. You know, if you got your router next to a window or something, a lot of times don't, people don't realize how far that can go. Uh, I've thought of deer hunting like that. Just, you know, put the, you know, you got motion sensor and all that. You can turn, pan, tilt, all that. You can talk through it. So I've actually put one in the chicken coop before just for fun to, you know, watch the animals and see how they are. But if, you know, if I heard something out there, instead of getting up and putting my clothes on and going out, I can just kind of hit a button and check it out. And, you know, if there is something, you can always start screaming through it. Or a lot of them even have an alarm, you know, where you hit a button and it starts making an actual siren. So. I'm going to be talking about one of those tomorrow, actually, on oh, my cool. podcast. I did my notes before the show. I'm talking about security in my camper. I use a bunch of those. We have yeah. a ton of them, and it just runs off the Wi-Fi. I can access it from my phone. They're fantastic. We moved some into the house when uh, we moved back into the house for a while when we had to leave the dogs um, for, like, eight hours. And it freaks them out. They don't really get it. But, yeah, we can talk to them through the phone, like, hit the button, talk, and they're like looking for us. They have no idea what's going on. It's kind of probably pretty mean, but uh, they stopped doing what they were doing. So it, it, it worked. Yeah. My only suggestion, I've been using them for 
years and i mean i think probably almost 10 years you know since they first came out you know and you'd order like an ip camera or whatever and stuff and it the the biggest thing to me over the years is get a name brand that's out there everywhere and so a you can put them all in one app because i had two they there's nothing wrong with them they still work great but the app's done you know there's no more support for the app i guess the company went out of business so now they're kind of useless so real the real link uh the real link uh ones that i got are 100 bucks they're 100 bucks a piece on amazon they're yeah with a solar panel everything all all in can okay. you prevent yeah. those from getting on the internet what's, what's that? that can you prevent those from getting on the internet i don't know <laughs> that's a good question i know the, my uh, biggest thing is i don't want my security cameras access to the internet like i don't I don't want to watch it on my phone when I'm away from the house because I don't want, I have so many horror stories from being in the technology field of that kind of stuff. And I know what goes wrong in these and I'm just, I don't trust anyone. And so. Uh, now I will say I got the, uh, I think it's genie or something like that. And even when my internet's down and I'm local on it, you know, I'm on the same you know router or whatever and stuff, I can still access and view them and all that stuff, which I thought was really cool because there's there's not a reason you shouldn't be able to um but yeah i'm trying to think i know why there's a lot of little security systems now like that um where you can buy like the box and all that and as long mm -hmm. as you're you know on the same wi-fi and i don't think it necessarily has to go out you know it's more yeah. of an internal thing i've looked they at some hack the, in if they come through the router though yeah i i yeah i've i've, I've looked at several i mean I, I haven't wanted to get into some of the more technical internet routing i just would like something that's like Hey, it only you can only access. It doesn't even try to talk to home. Uh, so I, I just was curious um, because I, yeah, I've looked at it like Ubiquity uh, set. I really like their their setup, but uh, you know they, they they're moving to this online subscription model where you know it wants to talk to the internet. And I'm like, sorry, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so if you had some cameras like Hawkins was saying that can talk to your phone or you can view the, the picture without it having, having an actual internet connection or a Wi-Fi router is not that cheap. Just a Wi-Fi network to connect your cameras to. Yeah. And well, and I can, I can set it up on a separate subnet that doesn't have access to the internet. It's just a matter of doing it, you know, type of thing. And I'm like, I, my problem is, I try technology when they first come out and it really sucks and I hate it. So I don't try it again until everyone else has it. And so I just haven't gotten back out there to try it. But if y'all are having success with them, I might, I might dig back in and, and get something. I've just been, it, it's funny, like I'm on the cutting edge of technology, but I also hate it and, and I'm a laggard in a lot of it. Like, <laughs> I mean, you got to look at it in reality too, like the benefit versus the, the potential. Um, I mean, Somebody's going to look at your chicken coop. Yeah, That's exactly what I was going to say. But uh, but no, on that same hand, when they first came out, like you said, there was horror stories everywhere. When I looked into those as much as you can look into some of those stories, people didn't change that that uh, password. It was admin and admin. Yeah. You know, oh, 99% of the time, that's, you know, that was what the issue was. It was just. Because you know, any layman could just be like, "Oh, they got that camera, okay." And and you know, the admin, admin, and that was that's what I noticed. A lot of the issues were, but I will I mean, say, I gave my wife access to that when we first got them, 
you know, so she could see it and stuff and didn't think nothing about it. About two months later, uh, she's at work. I'm feeding the baby. And all of a sudden I hear, hello. And I look over and the thing's turning and I was, I for completely forgot that she had access. I freaked out. Luckily I had a switch that was hooked up to the same plug that it went in. So I, I kind of eased around the corner so she couldn't see me. Or, and then later on she goes, man, I tried using that, uh, that camera you set up and say hi to you earlier, but uh, it just quit working and went out. And I was like, I don't know what happened. I mean, yeah. I was freaked out. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> password. I was, yeah, I was, you know, ducking on the ground, crawling around, you name it. Well, so, on the security stuff I'm talking about, it's more, they don't update firmware. And so mm -hmm. they're primed for uh, hacks, um, hacking for doing DDoS attacks um, and netbot stuff. And then uh, all of your ring stuff, all of your motion tracking on the ring is uploaded. And that came out a couple of years ago that that S3 bucket was wide open for the world if you knew what it was. And so everyone's personal ring videos were available for the world, <laughs> you know, and I just every couple of months I hear of a new one like that, that most people don't hear about. And so I'm just like, I don't even want, I'm sorry. I know we're going a totally different tangent. I was going to say, it sounds like we're going to have to have a conversation about technology and security in the future. Cause uh, we're yeah. getting there. I mean, it touches with what we're going, but yeah, we're right at the higher mark. So yeah. I was going to say, we try to reel it back in and on track. Uh, anybody got any other tips that they've haven't really thought about that they've tried or uh, wanted to try that somebody might be able to try. As far as uh, keeping your garden safe or your chicken safe or anything like that, Brian, you got any last thoughts on it? I think I'm going to try the camera thing. Get get one of these cameras and just see what I can do to mess with it. You know, just so that keep an eye on it. And then, you know, I like the idea of trying to talk through it and scare yeah, throw it, it on your garden. Put it, the motion sensor on. You can even do uh, the one I got. You can even do zones, so it just anything moves in this little part of the screen. And then if actually I'm gonna throw one on mine because I got to run a bat, bunny coming in, and then when you pops up you just scream at him <laughs> <laughs> you got anything brian no i mean the wild rabbits around here just come and eat out of the bowls with the chickens when i feed them so they don't really care if you yell at them um i just kind of try to live with nature uh and figure it out that way um i figure if the predators as far as my chickens and everything if i keep the populations of all the birds and everything in the area good because i live like I'm the end. I'm the last house. So everything beyond me is swamp and nature. And so if I can keep the populations and that healthy, the predators, they have a natural relationship. So if I can just do the minimum to keep my animals contained and then there isn't that much pressure because everything's happy. Uh, like I said, planting the plants in the, in the woods for the, the deer. Uh, how many of them go? I don't know, 10%. But yeah, there's like huge cherry tomato plants and now they've reseeded too so i've walked through the woods going hunting and there'll be like a huge cherry tomato plant that had just fallen over because it's september when i'm bow hunting and it's kind of so big it's just like all over the ground i'm like oh that's cool you know I, that's going to be there forever now because it's just going to keep reseeding and it must be in a good spot because that was one of the ones that survived so just doing that kind of stuff and protecting things naturally and uh, yeah, keeping everything happy Cool. Ken, you got anything? No, I think we covered it pretty well. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff that I need to go out and try for sure. Yeah, and I'm sure there's plenty we missed. Everybody's got their tips and tricks and little things, and it's just a matter of going through it and learning what you can and what you can do. So, all right. Uh, 
Well, I'd say we're just over an hour, so we're going to wrap this one up. Uh, let's go ahead and go around one more time and tell everybody uh, who you are so they can identify you with your voice and where they can find you, maybe like what you do, where they can find you. Uh, Ken, why don't you go first there? Yeah, I'm Ken. Uh, you can find me at constructiveliberty.com. It's a weekly podcast. We talk about all things freedom, intentionally designing a lifestyle of freedom is my tagline, so Check it out, constructiveliberty.com. I'm uh, Buddy, Buddy Lindsay at buddy.net, B-U-D-D-I-Y.net. I do a weekly podcast uh, as long as well as other content from time to time. I And it's all about DIY from, from electronics to 3D printing to woodworking and homesteading. Like I just, it kind of covers a gamut of, uh, of a bunch of stuff. And, and in all reality, probably where it's leading is how to do product development um, and solve, just solving problems. But mostly it's just me on a journey learning how to do stuff I'd never learned how to do growing up. I'm Brian, uh, Lots Project. You can find me, uh, thelotsproject.com. Float uh, is where I mostly hang out. Uh, got a page on MeWe that I check. Uh, every day and then all the other socials I post to, but, uh, yeah, I check them intermittently. Uh, I got a podcast every weekday morning at 6 a.m. Central and then an interview show that I do on Saturday mornings. It was at 11. It is going to nine o'clock starting this week. And I actually going to have one of the, the people in the chat there on uh, actually two of them, Aaron and Nate LeMaster, are going to come on on Saturday and talk about living outside the system because that's what we talk about. And what does that mean? I mean, it means a ton of things to different people. So we just kind of have a broad spectrum uh, of, uh, yeah, you're just doing it a little different. That's, and then, uh, yeah, come on, have a chat on a Saturday morning. So check that out. Uh, that's on YouTube, Odyssey, Float. Uh, and then uh, you can catch the audio replay on most podcatchers under the Lots Projects. So that's me. Awesome, awesome. And I'm Hawkins with the Chicken Hawk Farmstead. That's uh, my channel on YouTube and Odyssey. Hawkins J is like MeWe and some of those other places. Like I still got to get my float set back up one of these days. Uh, but yeah, just doing the home setting thing, any, any kind of projects. I do tool reviews, just anything I enjoy because it's my channel. And uh, if you want to check out, maybe you'll enjoy some of the same stuff I do. If not, it's cool. Uh, we do want to give a shout out because our Fireside Freedom uh, for next week, uh, next Tuesday, at 7 Central, 8 Eastern. Yeah, Eastern, that's for me. And uh, it's going to be on building community from what I can see here on our schedule. And it looks like it's going to be Amy, Ken, Buddy, and Brian. Does that sound right for some of y'all that are there? All right, so that should be a pretty good top topic on uh, building community with everyone. So that's going to be it for now, everybody. Hope you had a good one and have a good day. See you guys. Later. Adios.